This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 3-1 pitch, swing and a drive. Deep to right field, way up there, way out of here. Goodbye baseball. Eight strikeout for the King tonight and make it... 23 consecutive scoreless innings for Seattle. called on the outside corner, and there it is. It's time for the Seattle Mariners baseball podcast. Kyle Seager, that just happened. Thank you very much. Now, here's your host, Gary Hill. And it's back, the Seattle Mariners baseball podcast. Gary Hill here at Mariners Pod. Thanks for being here again. A lot to get to in this episode of the podcast. Pat Dillon, you may know that name. He's the voice of the Everett Aqua Sox. He's going to be here in a few minutes. We're going to talk about what is a big weekend in Everett, a big weekend for the Mariners as Felix Hernandez will take the ball on Sunday in Everett. We're going to talk about that. Also, he's had a firsthand look at Kyle Lewis, the Mariners' first. He'll give us a first-hand report on what he has seen. So that's a fun conversation coming up in just a few minutes. First things first, though, we have to talk about what was another heartbreaker last night. In the podcast yesterday, we talked about the one-run games for the Mariners. They were tied with the Astros for most one-run games played in the American League. You can tack on one more. Now, 30 one-run games for the Mariners this season, and they're 12-18 and 18 now after another heartbreaking one-run game. This is one where the M's were in control throughout, with the Royals score two in the eighth and two in the ninth to claim victory. I mean, it was a game when James Paxton was as efficient as you possibly could be. Paxton delivers. First pitch swung on. Seager's got a one-hop. Goes to Cano for one. The first base for two. Double play. It's a third double play in as many innings for the Mariners. And moving over to third is Abner. And that was an outstanding there by Kyle Seager. Not so much feeling the ground ball. It was an easy hop for him, but he had to hesitate for just a second to wait for Cano to get to the bag. It got to Kyle so quickly. And that was a trend. Paxton had the double play ball working as he was Ultra efficient. The pitch. Swing and a miss and a fastball at 97 miles an hour. Strikeout for Paxton. It's his first strikeout of the ball game, and it comes here in the bottom of the fifth inning. Rick, he is feeling wow. good. He aired that baby out at 97. And you look at his pitches per inning. It was ridiculous. Eight pitches in the first, four strikes. Nine pitches in the second, six strikes. Six pitches in the third, Five strikes, five pitches in the fourth, four strikes, seven pitches in the fifth, six strikes, 35 pitches through five innings of work, and then a whopping 11 in the sixth inning, 11 in the seventh. He was only at 57 pitches through seventh, had to labor a little bit in the eighth through 21 pitches in the eighth inning, but still only 78 pitches overall. Remarkable efficiency. And this one really pitched well. 
only gave up a couple of runs. And there's a play you can look back on in the eighth inning. Had runners on first and second, one down, a bounding ball back to him. He gets the shore out at first base. Perhaps could have turned two. We'll hear from him in a second about that play. The 2-1 pitch, swinging a ground ball right back to the mound, taken by Paxton, underhand flip to Lind at first base, and it's in time to get Escobar for the second out of the inning. And trust it. That's why he went underhand, had a chance to turn two, didn't trust himself. So he didn't turn two there. Next batter, base hit to score a couple of runs, but still, I mean, you can't ask for much more in terms of a final line. Eight innings, seven hits, two runs earned, one walk, two strikeouts on 78 pitches. The Mariners had the lead in the ball game. Nelson Cruz bashing a ball. Here's the pitch, swung on, high fly ball, deep left field. Going back, Gordon looking up, and this one is way out of here. Goodbye, baseball. High above the bullpen in left field, the Royals bullpen out to the Hall of Fame to the left of the Fountains, Nelson Cruz with his 23rd home run of the year. And it's now the Mariners three and Kansas City nothing. Three nothing at that point. After two runs in the eighth, it was three to two. Ciszek comes on to try and close the door. But here's what happened is Ciszek in the ninth inning, he a leadoff double, and then Morales hit by a pitch on a slider. So there's runners on first and second. Hosmer strikes out on a high heater, so he gets one down. But then Sal Perez comes through with a huge hit. The pitch, swing and a fly ball deep into the gap in the right center field. Martin on the run. This one is off the base of the wall. Merrifield will score. Ronnie Bird is the pinch runner. Dyson, Dyson will score a walk-off double for Salvador Perez. And the Royals come back and they win it 4-3 to three here in the bottom of the ninth inning. That was painful. And the way Dyson can fly at first base once that ball was down, that was the ball game. So the Mariners now 500 at 43-43. and 43. After being swept aside by Houston, they've lost game one of this four-game series to Kansas City. Here's what C-Sheck said after the game. I, mean, I feel great, um, with the exception of the slider I pulled off on um, Morales' split. You know, I thought I made pretty good pitches, and you know they did a great job at putting the ball in play. Um, you know, the double, the like, slider came out good. He just got just enough of it. And the ball that... Um, that was hit there from Perez. was on the black up, you know, it was up a little bit. I wish I could have got that down a little more, but still I'm not trying to put a ball on the plate there with one strike and the guy in scoring position, a hitter like that, I'm trying to nibble as much as I can. And, you know, he got his hands extended and put a good swing on it. I mean, there's really nothing more I can say there. They just did a great job. So that was C-Sheck after the ball game, and here's what the skipper, Scott Service, said after the tough loss. Um, yeah, I don't know if you can go in much more in control of the game to to being on the on the wrong side of things within an inning and a half. But uh, you know, Pax pitched a good ball game. Um, you know, felt very good about leaving him out there in the eighth inning. He certainly had plenty of pitches. Um, stuff was still good. Um, you know, um, tough game, tough game to lose. Um, you know, we did some okay stuff offensively. Didn't quite you know put him put him deep enough away. Uh, where they could they could come, put them in a position where they come back. So, disappointing. 
How much did that throw to first change things and the decisions that you had to make at that point? The throw to first. Yes. Instead of going for the double plus. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's uh, yeah, it's it's a comebacker. Um, you know, Pax felt just get the out there. But, uh, you know, I didn't have a problem with him facing, um, you know, Orlando. And, and uh, you know, he made a bad pitch. Ball was up. Two run single. Um, not not ideal right there, but you know that's our guy out there. He's got good stuff. They just they didn't execute there on that at bat. You don't think he should have gone for a double play? Um, yeah, it's a comebacker. You know, we'd have liked to see the double play. Do you think it's the one hopper earlier contributed to that? Maybe uh, you know could have. Uh, I'm not sure. You know, uh, he's you know it was a long at bat. He got the comebacker. You know, he just first reaction was just to get it out. Uh, yeah, you know, the ball off the end of the bat, you know, um, off Seager's glove, you know, then, you know, obviously hit. I thought we were, you know, still in okay shape after he punched out Hosmer. Uh, made some good pitches there, but, you know, um, Perez knows how to put a good at bat on you, you know, late in games, and, and he did. You know, he got a pitch to hit, and he didn't miss it. What did you see out of Paxton that made himself back there? Well, he kept the ball down, obviously. The double play balls were huge, and, and Pitch count was in great shape. You know, he was kind of going right through them. Uh, was ahead in the count for the most part. And they were very aggressive. They knew where they were going to get fastballs, and he located them at the bottom of the zone. And you know, we were getting really good results there. Um, you know, for a while, but uh, you know, just just didn't get it done at the end. It's it's good. You know, I think it's part of a pitcher's development. Just you know, can you finish? Um, it's a lot of guys can start it. You know, how do you finish it? And that really becomes a separator between you know the premier guys in the league and and the guys who just have good stuff or are good pitchers. So uh, you know, there's certain times you got to let them go. Tonight was absolutely ideal to let that happen uh, where he was at. Um, and just just didn't quite, quite get it done. His idea just kind of let him go away, not come out for the ninth, and go away with a, a good mindset of, of what he did. Oh, I, you know, it's a one-run game. He just given up two. I mean, uh, um, you know, Cishek's been our guy all year. Um, you know, in that regard, so. Uh, I think everybody was, was comfortable. I certainly was with that decision to, to give the ball to Steve and, and uh, hopefully get the last three outs. Like after four errors in the last two games, look at the defense, four double plays, I think, uh, for the first six or so innings, including three in the first three innings. Do you see the f- the focus that you talked about before the game? Was that focus there? Well, we made some good plays, you know, no doubt. Uh, the key was the pitching. You know, the pitching was giving us an opportunity to turn to double plays and, and go from there. So uh, you're going to have nights like that. I mean, uh, you know, just uh, disappointing. I mean, we should have won that ball game. Yeah, tough one. Mariners now at 543 and 43. Kansas City tonight, 515 first pitch. Hisashi Iwakuma will get the ball for the Mariners. Ventura is going to go for Kansas City. Great stuff, but 6 and 6 with a 526 ERA on the season. Still 3 games left for the M's before the All-Star break. They'll have to get something cooking before the break, but that one was a tough one for the Mariners last night. Two, to give you an update on what's going to happen with the podcast coming up is obviously one today, the last day of the week, and then probably one on Monday to wrap up what happened over the weekend, and then uh, don't expect another one during the All-Star break. So I'm going to get away for a couple of days. So no podcast during the All-Star break, uh, and then we'll be back like normal the week after. So that gives you the podcast schedule. So, this won't be the last time I talk to you before the break. We'll talk on Monday as the Mariners play in Kansas City the rest of the way. We'll see what they can get done. Big weekend, too, for the Mariners, not only in Kansas City, but also in Everett as Felix Hernandez will make his first rehab start. 
We're going to talk about that. Also, what we've seen from Kyle Lewis so far with the voice of the Everett Aqua Sox, Pat Dillon. Well, I'm very excited about this. Uh, we get to talk to, uh, to one of the great voices around in the Pacific Northwest, Pat Dillon, the voice of the Everett Aqua Sox. Pat, thanks so much for coming on. I'm so happy we get a chance to talk about this. Yeah, me too, Gary. It's great to connect. Well, we have a lot to talk about. First things first, the Mariners were thrilled to grab Kyle Lewis in the draft. You've had a chance to see him firsthand now in his first few games in professional baseball. He clubbed his first home run a couple of days ago. He nearly got the cycle yesterday. What have you seen so far for the Mariners' young outfielder? Well, we were over in Tri-City for a series, and there was an international scout there for the Twins, and he doesn't usually fall, follow Northwest League teams around. And so he he said what everybody's been saying, I can't believe this guy lasted until the 11th round. And just the raw tools, the bat speed, uh, the, the routes he takes in the outfield, just his, his instincts on the field, the kind of uh, great character he has uh, so this guy was just gushing over Kyle Lewis and you know Kyle you take a step back you look at his overall stats and they're outstanding it always seems like every night and I think last night was a case in point where he's going to see five six seven pitches in every at bat he is an excellent two strike hitter I think he's made the adjustment from playing in college to now playing in the Northwest League uh, in, in pro ball. The thing that hitters tell us the most is that they're going to see a lot of fastballs in the Northwest League. They're going to see some good fastballs. But uh, Lewis, he gets down two strikes and no problem. The three-run home run he hit last night was on a 1-2 pitch. And, yeah, just a, a double shy of the cycle. And the, the way things were going last night when he came up in the eighth inning, we were thinking, oh, yeah, he just needs a double to, to hit for the cycle. But uh, he's been great. I, I hope we have him for longer than we probably will. I think if he continues at this pace, we'll probably have him for the first half. And then it's, of course, the Mariners' decision after that. But uh, uh, pretty safe to say that the early returns, uh, you know, now not even three weeks into the season, have been very strong. And uh, if you're – and you got to be really excited about Kyle Lewis. It's such a unique skill set with the power, the speed, center field as well. How have you how have you liked him in center field so far? He's been great. We were on the road uh, in Spokane, which is a pretty spacious center field, and he made what was the catch of the year, wow. uh, and, and he had everything going for him. He took a great route. It was a real tough angle on a ball that was hit to dead center field, and you know the old adage about the, the toughest play, especially for center fielders, the ball hit right at you. So it was a it was a, a drive that was going to get over his head, and he went back. <clears throat> And somehow was able to make just a real tight angle catch, and he very gracefully uh, embraced his impact with a wall, and he uh, he came up throwing. It was just one of those things where it's like, okay, <laughs> I get it. He he can handle center field. And I think there was some question uh, with him coming into professional baseball whether he would be able to stick in center field. And I'll tell you this: uh, with, with the arm is more than adequate. That the, the gliding speed, uh, that the routes that he takes. Um, yeah, I, I think he's a legit center fielder, at least for this level right now. That's great to hear. Well, there is a big day coming up uh, in Everett, also for the Mariners. Felix Hernandez makes his return. He hasn't been in an Everett uniform in a while, but here he is. He's going to pitch on Sunday. How excited are you and the organization for Felix to toe the rubber once again? 
Well, it's it's just one of those things, Gary. Um, over the years, we've had uh, some magic nights, like this is going to be on, on Sunday. And the tickets, by the way, are still available. We just have general admission seats. But it's a, it's a 405 first pitch on Sunday. We're going to open up the gates an hour earlier than usual, so uh, so 2 o'clock. Uh, hopefully the weather will cooperate. But uh, uh, just a handful of times over the years, Randy Johnson 20 years ago, I, I wasn't there when he pitched in Everett. I was in the league uh, working for another team but uh, that was something where he uh, came up through two innings they could through about 30 pitches and everybody was just wow and then we we Dan Wilson made a rehab for us in the 2000 season we had uh, three straight games of Jay Buhner at the uh, tail end of the 2001 season they were midweek games and we were just of course packed and you know Jay came in put on a show he had a couple home runs I think he was six for ten and uh, so having Felix here I, I think it's going to be on par with with Randy Johnson and a especially because Felix pitched for us in the 2003 season as a 17-year-old. And I remember coming into that that 2003 season, you know, we get the roster about a week before the season starts. And, you know, this was before you know, people were surfing the Internet and, and, you know, the baseball prospectuses of the world weren't around. So you weren't getting a whole lot of scouting information. So I remember looking at the roster and seeing that, you know, we had this young guy, 17-year-old Felix Hernandez, and, and I at the time in this would have been June of 2003. I didn't know, you know, the backstory that he was the one of the top, if not the the top, um, international free agent signings. Um, and, and so David Cameron, um, you know, Dave Cameron, he yeah. he emailed me and he said, "You're getting this guy, Felix Hernandez. He's pretty good." I was like, "Yeah, yeah, okay, 17 years old." <laughs> so our pitching coach that year was Gary Wheelock, and and Wheelo, of course, he was uh, he pitched for the Mariners back in the 70s, and you know, he's a laid back guy really jovial nice guy was joking around and i remember asking him so tell me about felix hernandez and all of a sudden he got really serious and he said felix hernandez is the most talented and youngest pitcher in this organization and barring injury he will be in the major leagues in two years and it actually took him less than two years. He made his debut in in 2005. So we went through that season. He was great, uh, you know. And again, you had to keep reminding yourself that he was 17 years old. Just he could be dominant. He was a, a different kind of pitcher back then. He was more of a four seam fastball, curveball guy. But you know, he just had the feel for pitching. He, he had everything. And so to see him uh, get to where he is now and the other coincidence, too, is that his older brother, Moises, is our pitching coach. So I think all everything has fallen into place. But we're going to have a packed house, 5,000-plus. Uh, when, when he walks out of that field, uh, it's, it's just going to be magic. It's going to be electric. And uh, people in Everett, who, of course, are big Mariners fans, big Aqua Sox fans, and some of them remember feeling pitch for us back in, in 2003. Uh, it, it's going to be a night to remember. I, I just, I'm getting goosebumps just talking about this. No, it's so cool because it's where it all began in his professional career. And I love the fact that his brother is now the pitching coach. I think that is such a unique twist to the story. Of course, his brother spent a long time pitching in the organization. It's just really cool how it's all come together on this day. It, it, it really is. Um, and our, it's for our coaching staff. 
for our front office. Um, you know, Felix, I'm sure he'll do stuff like it, when Wade Miley came up and made his uh, rehab appearance for us earlier this season, you know, he'll take care of the players. Usually the, the big league guy, when he comes in, does a rehab, he'll buy the post game meal, the spread. Mm. He'll give the guys stuff. Um, they'll help us out by, you know, signing a bunch of baseballs, and then we'll use those as as auction items to, to help some of the, the nonprofits in the community um, raise a little bit of extra money. Uh, so it's and, and of course the the, the extra folks that will be showing up on Sunday <laughs> that that wouldn't otherwise be there. We're averaging about three thousand fans per game, so. Attendance has been pretty good, but uh, you know, five thousand plus—that that doesn't happen at our place uh, very often. So, uh, as far as the bottom line is concerned, that's going to uh, help our small business. Well, it's going to be a great weekend. You've talked about Lewis. Is there anyone else that stood out to you so far this season? You know, the the uh, the third rounder, Bryson Brigman. I think he's a good player. Uh, he was a, a rare draft-eligible sophomore at the University of San Diego. Um, He's a nice combo of of speed and athleticism. Um, He doesn't have much power yet, but I think that will come as, as he gets a little bit older. Um, you know, Eric Falia was a guy who you may have heard that name. He's an older guy. He's in fact, uh, his birthday was yesterday. He turned 24, uh, but he won a college world series with UCLA. Uh, just always gives you a professional at bat. Uh, he's played the outfield, played some first base. I think he, he has a guy, he's a guy who, you know, given his age might have a chance, uh, to move through the organization. He was a, a 20th round pick. And then certainly the pitching, uh, the guy we have going tonight, Jake Brents, he was originally drafted by uh, the Toronto Blue Jays, got him in a trade deadline deal uh, last July. Uh, he's been a little bit wild. He has, actually hasn't been pitching that long, uh, but I think he has the tools to be able to be uh, pretty solid. Uh, the sixth rounder of uh, effort at Pennsylvania Millersville University. Brandon Miller is a young man who has a, a nice head on his shoulders, and he's he's making some adjustments into professional baseball, getting used to you know, facing a, a higher caliber of hitters. The, the, the hitters he faced in Division II were pretty good, but the hitters in the Northwest League are, are that much better. Um, it's, it's, an, it's a nice group of players. Uh, the Mariners always bless our roster with the, the cream of the crop of the players who were just drafted in the June draft. And so this is a real competitive team. Uh, we're a game out of first place right now, 11 and nine, and, and we're in a, a pretty tough uh, stretch of our schedule facing a Eugene Emeralds ball club. This will be a game for the series tonight. Um, they're loaded, they're experienced, they're comprised mostly of second and third year pros, just the way that it's worked out. But uh, we're, we're pleased with the team that we have. The coaching staff is great. Moises Hernandez, of course, our, our, our pitching coach, uh, Rob Mumel two-time Northwest League Manager of the Year, just a, a terrific gentleman. Uh, former Mariner and Tiger, uh, Brian Hunter is our hitting coach. He's just full of, of positivity and you know, works with the guys. He's always out there for early work. He's always coaching them up. So it's, it's, a, it's a nice vibe around the clubhouse. Uh, it's a good team. They're fun to watch and, and hopefully uh, have a chance to have playoff baseball in Everett uh, for another year. And for Mariners fans, even if you can't make it up on Sunday to see Felix Hernandez, these are fun games to go to. You guys put on a great show. The ballpark, the setting is fabulous. You're right on the action. You get a chance to see these players 
when they start their professional career. And who knows, a handful of them end up in the big leagues, and it's fun to say that you were there when it all began. So tell us, how can people get tickets? How long are you going to be home? When's your next homestand? Okay, well, we're wrapping up a homestand, Gary, right now. So we'll have uh, we'll finish up this series with Eugene tomorrow night, and then the Spokane Indians come to town on Saturday. So it'll be... Saturday, Sunday afternoon, the 405 start when Felix is here, and then Monday night. So uh, all games are 705, except for um, some select midweek games, but uh, always 405 on Sunday. And uh, the the big promotion we have coming up later in the year, and uh, we were given permission to honor Ken Griffey Jr. going into the Hall of Fame with a bobblehead giveaway, which is going to be very similar to the bobblehead that the Tacoma Rainiers did um, earlier this season. But we're depicting Junior as he looked in a Bellingham Mariners uniform back in 1987. So uh, the other thing about Junior is he he had his first ever pro hit at Everett Memorial Stadium, which was a home run. And so it was an opposite field home run to left. And we have a plaque out in the sidewalk on Lombard Avenue uh, marking the spot where the ball landed uh, 387 feet from home plate. I don't know how they figured that out. But uh, so so uh, the first thousand fans on August 12th, Friday night, will get a uh, Ken Griffey Jr. bobblehead. And if it's uh, anywhere close to being as popular as the Rainier's bobblehead, I think people might even be standing in line right now. (laughs) That wouldn't (laughs) surprise me at all. That sounds fantastic. Pat, this was great. Thanks a lot for the time. Certainly appreciate it. And hopefully we get a chance to talk again real soon. Thanks, Gary. I, I enjoyed it. Thank you. See you later!